Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today I've got a lovely woman all the way from the United States. Her name is Laurie Mendelssohn. And I'm assuming that's not a typical American surname you've got there, Laurie, looking at the way it's spelt with the the H and the N at the end of your name. That's correct, Lynn. Uh, My ancestors are from Germany, which is where my name comes from, as well as Russia. Uh, And I'm a nice Jewish matchmaker. Excellent. Well, what I wanted to actually open up around this conversation is because you are in the matchmaking industry and you are prolific at uh, giving advice and dating, I'm always interested to know how people actually get into the industry and and give our audience a bit of an insight and a little bit of background about you and, and, and what led you to where you're at. Okay, wonderful. The way that I got into it, Lynn, was by my calling. I don't believe that it's something that I chose to do. I think that it was something that I am meant to do. And I have this in, intuition about it. That it's a little frightening when I go up to a complete stranger and stop them on the street and say, are you single? And they look at <laughs> me. Is, is this woman hitting on me or, or what's going on? And I will then say, if they say that they're single, I know someone for you. Can we have a chat? Can we have coffee? Would you like to have a drink with me? I'd like to find out a little bit more about you and get to know you and see if you actually would be a perfect fit for the client that I'm looking for. I think, though, that a lot of people get into it thinking that it's easy and thinking that anyone can match anyone, Mm. uh, going solely on attributes and hobbies and things in common. It's far deeper than that. I agree with that. Yeah. So what, what, um, I suppose you told me a little bit off air about, you know, before I actually got into it professionally, you'd had success prior to that without even realizing it was a skill or a talent. That's true. So at 19 years old, I started looking at people and saying, would you like to meet someone? I, I have someone for you. And then as the years progressed, I introduced 15 couples who I started this way and they got married. They have had successful marriages, children, grandchildren. And just recently I said to myself, why am I trying to fight this? This is what I meant to do. This is what I want to do. And now I'm doing it professionally. And one of my most recent clients recently got engaged. So I'll be able to move the the number up to 16 marriages now. (laughs) Wow. That's excellent. That's that's a really good track record considering you weren't even in the industry when you first started. I I know, Lynn, and and didn't have a database. Um, But but the funny thing is when I tell people about what I do, I say, well, I have 15 marriages under my belt. And people look at me incredulously and think that I've been married 15 times. To which, you know, I, I need to tell them I haven't been married 15 times, but I have 15 introductions that have turned into marriages. 
That's fantastic. That that is a very impressive track record. So, what is it? Do you think that um, is the deeper things that 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 make successful relationships? Because, like you said, it's it's not just about physical or personality traits, is it? It is not. The physical is the first thing that we're generally attracted to, and that's normally what leads us. And as many of us know, physical goes away over time. And people, that, as, our, as we grow older and as our sex drives change, so does our need for attraction. And it moves more into what I call foundational values, which are things of, of what are the most important things to you, family, friendships, relationships with others, relationships in your community, relationships with ourselves, which is a very important thing that people really don't talk about. We're always looking for other things outside of our own scope, but we really can't be in a relationship until we have a relationship with ourselves. So people who look for looks or look who look for personality, these are important things, but they fade over time. And you have to have great communication, great bonding, and really a spirit that is is like and a, a sense of love and devotion to that other person. And if you don't have that, the relationship won't last. So what, when you um, <laughs> go about, I suppose, approaching, I'm, I'm assuming is it usually guys or is it women as well when you're asking them if they're single on the street? Yes. Um, well, Lynn, a, a lot of times I walk blindly go up to strangers and, and say, I know this is a really odd question because first of all, I'm, I'm older. I'm 63. I have gray hair. And a lot of the people who I come up to are much younger. And I don't want them to think that I'm a cougar. I'm even beyond cougar at this point. <laughs> I, I, I think they're a little mortified, but I'm so friendly with them and outgoing. And, and I try to make people feel at ease. And I just introduce myself and I, I say, I'd love to get to know you. I, I think, I think that I may have someone for you. And who isn't flattered by that? You know, if you think about it, a, a stranger coming up to you, finding you interesting and attractive enough to start a conversation and see where it goes. You know, some people look at me like I have two heads and, and I have been just downright rejected, you know, almost go away. But I, I keep going because I know that that's what I have to do. And that's my job when a client hires me. I have to find that dreamboat for them. Wow. I'd, I'd, I admire, you, you know, the, the confidence it takes to actually do that and to feel comfortable doing that. And even, you know, um, I think it just shows that it you shouldn't be afraid of rejection because like you said, you know, not everybody is open and willing. Some people are flattered, but other people do do perceive it as who is this woman. <laughs> exactly. And and that's, you know, and that's fine. I I I always like to have a positive attitude and and hope that every outcome will be a positive one, but I also have to be prepared that I will just be shut down very quickly and looked over and said, "Are you crazy? Leave me alone." Mm. security uh you know that 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 hasn't happened no one has had to call security i'm not a raving lunatic <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah but um i think i think overall most people are, are generally flattered by it and as long as you don't approach in a salesy way like hey 
you know, are you single? Do you want to join my club? It's not that way at all. It's, hey, you know, I think you're really an attractive person and I'm a matchmaker and I'd love to get to know you. I think that that's flattering. And I think both men and women would be flattered by that. So, yeah, it takes courage. It wasn't easy at the beginning, but I learned how. And I, I just lead with, with confidence, positivity and hope and you know, that's a good way to, to lead one's life, too. Definitely. I feel that, you know, that we do sometimes get a bit hung up, I suppose, because it's usually the men that are deemed to be the, the ones that should or traditionally do want to um, ask a woman out. And so they're usually the ones that are leaving themselves wide open to any sort of rejection, if you like. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel this is this is great what you're sharing now, because... Isn't it the truth that there isn't any such thing as rejection? There's only feedback. I love that, Lynn. <laughs> or, or opportunities for self-improvement. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes, that, that's a great line. Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> I think if we could all... If you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I feel that if we could all sort of um, embrace that insight and, and reframe that you know rejection the word rejection doesn't exist and so there's no need to feel offended if somebody doesn't want you or your services it doesn't mean it's about you it's just about them where they're currently at and they they might not even be available or or looking for a partner if they are available or you know deem it appropriate at that moment in time to to engage in in a relationship so I feel it's you know especially important for men to realize that if a woman says no, then you're getting closer to a yes. Because if a woman's saying no, then it, 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 she's actually doing you a big favor because she's stopping you from wasting your time pursuing that relationship. If- <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, exactly. And, and you know, I'm on several chat boards on Facebook. And a lot of, of women are, they, they do these posts where they say, you know, what's wrong with me? How come he didn't like me? And I and I always post, ladies, let's reframe that. Let's turn our heads around and say, he did me a favor. He's not the one for me. Is he fulfilling the things that I need and want? Ladies, please. And men, let's, let's just rethink this. Exactly. They're doing you a favor and they're leaving space for the one that you're supposed to be with to come into your sphere. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely hundred percent agree with that so when you have um men and women come into your um awareness as as either part of your matchmaking or somebody that you've you've met on the street that that might be interested in that um what what is the first criteria you're looking at when when you're sort of engaging them in conversation you know then it's 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 a it's a combination of an energy that I feel from them. You know, you and I have both met people that you get near them and you want to run. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so a lot of it is the way that they feel to me, if they feel open, if they are, I, I, I want to say this in a really kind way, relatively good looking um, and, and approachable. You know, the, their body language is very telling. If someone is all, is in a ball and completely unaware of his or her surroundings, 
they're not someone who I'm going to go up to. But if someone has a smile and a joy around him or, or herself, then then I then I I will take the initiative to go up and speak to them. Um, you know, and there are many ways that it could be done. It could be. It's almost like I go up to people and use pickup lines, which I never did. I, I, <laughs> I never, I've never, I have never been to a bar until I became a matchmaker. Right. I've now, I've now, because I, I just loathe that feeling that for me, that feeling has always been we're single, we're desperate, and we're going to hang out here around liquor and see if we can meet someone, which to me is. A horrible place to meet people because the ideal place would be you're involved in activities that you love and enjoy and you're going to meet like-minded people doing the same thing so it, it took me a while to be able to feel comfortable in a bar and just go up and start a conversation people love as you know to talk about themselves Mm. Any opportunity that people have to talk about themselves, they are happy campers. <laughs> That's the truth. Right? <laughs> you know, and you are the most interesting person in the world to engage them in that conversation. I'm loving your approach, Laurie, because I think, you know, what's sadly lacking in the world at the moment is that customer-client focus, you know, and, and you being the person that's making that other person feels special you know your client mm -hmm. your customer for, you know for me that they are all important you know I want my clients and customers to know that I really care about them that I really understand what they're going through and I really want to serve them and, and share the you know the best information I can with them and I think that you know with, for a lot of businesses not just you know the matchmaking industry has, has been lost you know there isn't that you know it's all about as long as you can pay me the money then you know, <laughs> that, that, that's all I'm interested in. And it's all about me, myself and I, rather than about, right. you know, looking right. after that customer and, and in really caring and, and wanting to serve them. Right. Well, Lynn, you know, I'd like to tell you about an experience, um, how, how I became quasi-professional. I, I worked for, I'm going to say a competitor for about 16 minutes. Um, I, 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 <laughs> that long as soon as I got the paperwork filled out I'm like I'm gonna give notice now um but what I saw was I saw in in my opinion very duplicitous behavior mm. and and what I saw was not it, it wasn't an opportunity to really find love for people although they they do say that they are outstanding at it I'd love to know their ratio of, of success to failure. But what I saw was a business model that was very sterile. It yeah. was based solely on age. It was based solely on activities. What kind of activities do you enjoy doing? And it didn't dive into this deep connection of what is it that you really want to find? What are the top five things followed by the following five things that are really important to you? And I based my business model on deep diving, relationship coaching, working with a, a therapist who does personality testing to find out what makes this person tick and how I can help them find their exact match. You know, Lynn, the only thing, sadly, that we can't predict is chemistry. And that is the elusive question is, how do you match people with chemistry 
even when you find, you know, the top 10 things for them. That's that's the biggest challenge. But I think that there are shysters out there. Definitely. And and it's really the only business that you can take people's money and not guarantee success and still stay in business. Mm. But, But getting back to your point about customer service, I've always based... The business that I have now and and a prior business that I had, I had a dog walking and pet sitting company where I truly believed and my team believed that it's not what you say. And this is a Maya Angelou quote or a a misquote. It's not what you do or say. It's how you made the person feel. Yes. And And when you leave a meeting, you want that person to feel so important, so special, so wonderful. Yes. That. They feel content, but they are so content that they're going to tell three people about you. Mm. And that's how you, you know, that's how you grow a business. And that's how you have clients who are over the moon with your services. Uh, Absolutely. 100% I'm aligned with all of that. I, I really feel that, you know, it's my job to be, you know, the best caring, understanding person I can to my clients and customers so that they feel really special like you said and appreciated and heard more importantly Mm -hmm. because people I think just are looking for that even if they're not in you know the relationship or dating game people just want to feel somebody appreciates them for who they are and this person took that time to make me feel special I agree I, you know, I end a lot of conversations that I have with not only business associates, but with friends. What can I help you with today? And, and people don't say that anymore. People, are, you know, especially with, with everything being online, from online dating to buying groceries online, we are becoming a society where we're hoveled away. We don't need to go out anymore. Everything can be delivered to us, including people. Mm. And and that human contact and that human feeling of being important is so important right now. Yes. Laurie, I, I feel that we've got very much aligned and, and shared values in relation to this. I, I love collaborating with people such as yourself because for me, this is about, you know, making any sort of relationship, whether it's business, personal or professional, a win-win situation for, for, for mutual benefits. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And it's just, a, like you said, you know, a sad experience that you had going to that other organization who, you know, I mean, I don't even... And I suppose you don't really perceive other organisations as actually being competitors. I don't. I know I don't. You know, for me, they might be in the same industry, but they're not me. They might be saying exactly the same words, but they're not me. Exactly. I know. I, I don't. I, and you're exactly right. You pinpointed it, Lynn. I don't see them as competition. I actually see them as a way to get to me because the experience that the customer will have with them. Mm. I don't want to be negative, but will most likely be unfulfilling. I'm that, and I'm saying that in a really nice, I'm using that word nicely, uh, unfulfilling. And, and they will eventually find their way to me where I can do what it is that they're hoping would have happened with the other company. Yes. Yeah. And same thing. It, it, it will be exactly the same thing for you. 
Absolutely true. So when you thought about a name for your matchmaking business, I really love the fact that it's called Smart, Funny and Single because I love the funny bit <laughs> element to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you, Lynn. I'll tell you how I came up with that name. I asked so many people, single people, what are you looking for? Well, I want someone who's smart. I want someone who's funny clearly single or else it's not going to work. We're not looking for smart, funny, and married here. That's already <laughs> done by Ashley Madison, but yeah, which, that could be a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> not to go down that route, but um, that's what people are looking for is someone smart, funny, and single. Mm. So, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of, of challenges and relationships can be overcome if you have a sense of humor and you bring everything back into perspective that, yeah, let's, let's not make a joke of our, of our problems or challenges, but let's have a little comic levity here and then get through what we need to get through. But, but most people do want someone who's smart and funny and good looking. That just didn't sound good. Smart, funny, and good looking matchmaking, (laughs) you know, And it's all relative, isn't it? You know, what is good looking? I think if I'm honest about it, my personal experience, and I I don't think I would necessarily get criticised for this, but I think generally speaking, men are more visual, you know, so they are more around how a woman looks, whereas I, I don't think that's necessarily as true for women. Okay, we might want to have... um you know, a, a, a desire about what we might find physically attractive. But I think for women, it, it's how a man makes her feel. Lynn, more. I completely agree. You know, when I ask guys, what are the top three things that you're looking for? They will say, looks. <laughs> Can we shake them at this point? Lynn? <laughs> <laughs> well, the men, you know, they're different to women. So, you know, and right. we have to celebrate that difference, don't we? Right, 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 right. Yes, you know, men want attractive, men want flirtatious, and they clearly, you know, are, are not all that happy in my experience, and I'd love to hear your experience. There there are very few that are really happy about embracing a woman's true, big, huge success. You know, I mean, we have DNA that we're dealing with here. It takes a, a very evolved man to celebrate a woman who is really a C-suite executive and not feel threatened, at least in my experience. Whereas, you know, women do want someone to make them feel loved, appreciated, and needed. But men also need that. Men also do need to be needed, hands down. Yeah, I don't think it's a case of men unnecessarily threatened by a woman who's successful, because I get this a lot, you know, that women are saying that, you know, there's no men out there that like successful women. But what it is, what I teach, and I don't know whether you're familiar with masculine and feminine energy, but that that's what my work's all around. What, what I teach is um, quite often is that women have been influenced by, you know, the conditioning, parenting and educating to be more like men. In other words, take on more masculine traits and energy to succeed in the workplace because they've used men as their role models for that and then they forget then how to be the natural feminine self and I don't think it's men are put off by successful women I think men are just picking up that that woman's in her masculine energy and that's not attractive to them right so Lynn what are women supposed to do then 
well, this is what I teach, you know, how to be your, <laughs> yes. how to use exactly. your feminine power and, and, you know, get back to being, you know, the, the natural, lovely feminine woman that you truly are. And you can be, and it's not weak to be that woman, by the way. You know, a lot of women say, oh, you know, they're girly airheads, those, 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 those uh, women who are, exude that feminine energy. They're not. You know, it, feminine energy is who you naturally are at your core. Um, we only step into our masculine, you know, when we want to be controlling or when we're in a male-dominated environment such as the workplace, we need to be more assertive or competitive. Um, and actually, we don't actually need to do any of those things. It's just that, that perception that we need to do to succeed and mm-hmm. get ahead. Um, and we can still do that in a in a feminine way, but we've lost the ability or I suppose not the ability, but we We've with this modern world, we've been educated to be more in our masculine energy, and and quite often, women naturally default into that on the back of you know past traumas, hurts, and things like that, as well as as I say, as being parented and educated to be more like men to succeed in the workplace. So it, you know, this is what I teach is the education of what is it to be your true natural feminine self, and it, it's not what you're currently exuding right now, because otherwise men will be finding you very attractive, regardless of where you are on the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're picking up when pick, men pick up that masculine energy, they, they won't even know why they're not attracted to that. They'll just feel it. They'll just feel threatened by it and challenged by it because they all they're feeling is another masculine energy in the room. Does that make sense? This is, yes, this is this is fascinating because when when my clients speak to me about how things go on dates, they'll they'll tell me, you know, we talked about work, <laughs> and immediately, uh oh, you know, I'm I'm hitting my head. We talked about work. What did you talk about? My job, um, my my career, um, how where I've traveled in the world, how I've risen in the corporate world. <laughs> and, and and I I I coach them to to be great listeners as well as great conversationalists, mm. and you know, and then I go into to great detail as well as as I coach men to be great conversationalists and great listeners. But I think I think that women have trouble releasing the power that we've struggled so hard to get, yes, and the recognition that we've 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 earned mm. when we go out on dates. Do you, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. okay. And then, you know, we wonder why, you know, um, I suppose he's, he's he's not attracted to that. Um, and it's because we want, we're wanting to control and lead the relationship. We're not, we're being the masculine energy. And what we need to do is relinquish that and, and be our natural feminine selves and, and let him wear the trousers and give him his balls back, basically. <laughs> Here, honey. Hold out your hand. Yeah, that's great, Lynn. Yeah, I mean, I I can remember doing this in my relationship with my ex-husband. You know, I was married for 23 years. And because I'd been through trauma in my teens where, you know, I'd been seriously sexually assaulted, I was very much in that masculine energy, wanting to protect myself, you know, wanting to lead the relationship, wanting to wear the trousers, wanting to be very safe and certain, uh, and I was very much in that that masculine energy without even realizing that, and I wasn't understanding why then my my ex was stepping more into his feminine because what men do is they'll do one of two things: they'll step more into their feminine energy, which you won't find attractive as a woman, or they'll be conflict because he'll feel 
that there's another masculine energy in the room that's competing for his place, mm. you know, mm-hmm. in that room. You know, it's him him that's the man, him that, that that's feeling that confrontation and that challenge. And he might not even understand why, you know, he's picking up that energy. But if it can lead, if you're having conflict and confrontations in your relationship, it's because usually you as the woman are wearing that suit of armour. You're, you're controlling and, and coming across as a very masculine energy at that point. And he's either feeling challenged or threatened and he won't understand why that is, but he won't be attracted to that at all. Mm-hmm. So how do women get, I know that this is, is what you teach, Lynn, but how do women get back to that femininity? Well, that's, that's, that is obviously explained a lot in previous episodes of the, okay, of the okay. podcast that, be, that women can listen to. I haven't got, you know, time, unfortunately, on this particular episode to go into a lot of information around that. But the starting mm-hmm. point would be to consider what is it initially that actually does make you feel feminine and girly? It isn't all around, you know, um, for example, for some women, it is about wearing makeup it is around you know wearing high heels it is around wearing nail varnish that will make them feel feminine but that's not the case for me um you know for me I like to wear a flower in my hair I don't wear makeup once in a blue moon I'll wear makeup um but I do like to wear floaty skirts and and Spanish style you know um gypsy style outfits that make me feel feminine and I can't walk in stilettos to save my life. So, I, you know, if I do need to wear high heels, it's wedges for me. <laughs> but, you know, that all contributes to making me feel feminine as well as, any, you know, any special perfume I like to wear. And that's what men are attracted to. If you are actually feeling feminine yourself, you can't help but exude that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. But that's just I, I one guess, of many <laughs> pieces of I advice. Guess, <laughs> I guess I'll have to take my overalls off then when I go on a date, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and my muck boots. Yeah. And, and your, your Bridget Jones knickers. Yes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, unfortunately, Laurie, we're, we're a bit pushed for time now in terms of um, this particular episode, but I'd love to have you on again because this has been absolutely great. I've loved having this conversation with you. So Me before too. we close, I, I'd love you to be able to share you know, a couple of contact pieces of information for our listeners to uh, be able to connect with you should they choose to want to do so. Okay. So my website is smartfunnysingle.com. My email is lauriebethmendelson at gmail.com. And my phone number in the United States is area code 414 914 5715. And all of that can be found on the smartfunnysingle.com website. And there's also a contact form there that if you would like to chat further. Excellent. Thank you ever so much for sharing that. I shall make sure that information is also included in our show notes, along with any other contact information you'd like to share with the listeners, Laurie, and also a little bit of a bio about Laurie so that people get to know more about you personally, which is for me, been great today. So thank you for that. Thank you, Lynn. I appreciate your time today. Yes, me too. So to, to wrap up the episode, listeners, thank you very much, Laurie, my, my special guest today. And remember, true love starts with opening our hearts. So until next time, good night for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. 
You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith Inspirational Speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.